and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the African American Man Podcast Show, The Tough Love Messenger. I am your host, King Vision. Our message and agenda is encouraging accountability, leadership among the African American man within our communities. You can find us at itrnradio.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Tough Love Messenger Show. I'm hoping everybody had a safe and Labor Day weekend. Um, As I did my little bit of background research, um, I didn't find that there was as many shootings as there have been in the past. And for that, I am pleased, and it's a blessing. Um, So again, welcome to the show. Um, Let's get started. We have uh, quite a bit of clips to go over, Um, another exciting show, and a lot of positive feedback and a lot of positive opportunities and observations in the African-American community. Lady Future, let's clip it. We want to be stars as individuals and not as a team, and we're losing that team sport. And this is where the African has to understand that it is time for him to play as a team with others in order. And the fundamental struggle that we have as Africans for our own survival is an antagonistic competition with other races. Okay. We are living in a world where there's a competition for resources. And in this competition for resources, teams have been formed. And in these teams that have been formed, most of the teams that we're playing against are actually playing as groups of races against us. The Jews have established themselves as a race and a people that are separate. They don't mix with others. Mm. They've created themselves as a group that is that that seeks to make sure that other races are fighting each other, but seeks to control the one that is dominant at the end of the day. The Europeans have set themselves apart in the same way. The Aryans have set themselves apart in the same way. The Indians are the for it. So your question was, so when do you decide? Where is the balance? The balance is in making sure when we fight the fundamental war, yes. we are playing as a team against other teams so that we win, secure control of our resources, secure our ability to defend ourselves and to create wealth so that at the end of the day, we can be able to win in this race of the world. When we've got problems inside the team, we must not make that the match. We must not make that the issue where we begin to fight each other much more than we're fighting the enemy. I like this um, philosophy, this outlook, and this theory. And he has a clear understanding of the very thing that African Americans are struggling with here in the States. But again, uh, I would suggest and I would recommend, and I'm sure that's what he's saying, is that it is time for Africa and many of the leaders in America to start to come together. And when I speak of leaders, I am speaking of African-American leaders. Um, I have been working on putting a team together. And what I mean by is we we can talk all day, but until we decide to work together collectively, uh, all it is is, as my mother would say, you just bump on your gums. So can you imagine if we had an advisory board to create a movement for the African-American community to go in the right direction for the coming years. Can you imagine if Louis Farrakhan, George Frazier, Roland Martin, Claude Anderson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, and at the time I had Harry Belafonte. And the only reason why I'm mentioning him, because he was one of the great, great pioneers of the civil rights movement in his own right, but he's no longer here. So it's important that we take the opportunity while we're here. Lady Future, let's clip it. Singing and dancing aside, we've already proven that we're the best and that we have mastered that. 
so we don't need any more shake booty. We really don't need any more singing. What we need is calm and quiet thinking and analysis. See, this is very important, and don't misunderstand me. I'm baptized Baptist, christened Methodist. Do you see, but there's a time and a place for singing. There's a time and a place for dancing and entertaining. But it's not in the middle of a war. It's not in the middle of a war when people are hanging nooses all around us. And the noose is not just some loop. It means kill black people. As you can tell, more and more people are seeing the reality of where the United States feels about African Americans and the opportunity that we have that we're not taking the opportunity to change this momentum that is going to create detriment to our people. And again, my issue is the African-American man has to take this role, has to take this position of protecting the community and protecting our women. We're hearing over and over and over again about how our African-American men are abusing our queens. Domestic violence is an all-time high. This has to change. And here we have a war among us that has to change. This, this really can't continue in any form and fashion. Lady Future, let's clip it. I really want to talk about, there's really three ways to control the masses. Religion, school, education, and media. Religion, extremely difficult to change somebody's religion. Schooling takes years to fully execute properly and it's still not really done at an efficient level media you can literally watch an hour video on youtube and think you're an expert on something you can literally change somebody's mind by watching a documentary think about how many people became vegan after watching what the health that's a two-hour video this is why a lot of billionaires that have nothing to do with media buy media companies like jeff bezos like elon musk like mark benioff the list goes on so now let's drill this down a little bit further when you look at media in this company in this country less than three percent of the media is owned by black people 95 percent of black owned media is focused on sports entertainment and celebrity gossip so what does that leave us with that leaves us with media that we have no ownership in no control in no interest in that's literally dictating our lives and in a result controlling how we think so it is extremely important that black people have their own media arm. And he has a real good point. You know, um, religion does control a lot of people, but we are in the, in the era of media. Um, many of us don't socialize with each other. I mean, I, many times when I go to work, I don't care if you're going to the store, everybody has their iPhone or as we would call it, smartphone. But there's no human contact, and we're the last race that should ever think about not interacting with each other, no matter where we are. But right now, the media is controlling many of the adults and many of, of the millennials, the centennials, and what kind of information is being disseminated with this media. And therein lies the challenge. But again, I like what this young brother's talking about. And I'm liking his observations. So as we continue on our journey, there are so many observations. But when I see <clears throat> all of these observations, it seems like it's a big mountain that we have to climb because there's so much going on in the African-American community that creates a detriment to our future. And again, this is something that we need to identify, but we also need to address it. Lady Future, let's clip it. Undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm 
Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with, and this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. The reason why I, I play this from time to time is no matter what, I am a part of the Martin Luther King or MLK uh, era. But you hear so many speeches, but you don't really hear about this one. And it clearly says, when we go to Washington, we're coming to get our check. So he had a vision and he had a focus. And so with this, this was an opportunity for us to continue to join together our forces in effort to have a better community 60-something years ago. And to add to that, this is why they killed this man. This is why he was assassinated. Just like anything else in boxing, kill the head, the body follows. We have to pick up the baton and we have to continue this journey, but in a very positive way. And based on present trends, we have some very, very dire challenges ahead. Lady Future, let's clip it. Even behind distinct and legitimate reasons for having passed through it. So when it's all said and done, it's about leaving a legacy worth leaving. And we all got a choice. And, and for me, look, I'm not perfect. None of us are. None of us I are. have my flaws. I'm not the most eloquent and articulate and smartest guy in the world. But I know where my heart lies. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know what my intentions are. And forever I'm going to strive to be better and to benefit people as much as I can. You know, when I listened to this, brother, and it was only a 30-second slot, I felt the same thing that he feels. Or shall I say, I feel the same thing that he feels. And at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to encourage our African-American men. I'm going to continue to be involved in African-American association in terms of bettering our community and helping where I can. Lady Future, let's clip it. They don't have the nerve to say what I'm saying, and nobody has never said it, and they're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. So like... Floyd Patterson and other fighters, they just don't take part. They make a million dollars, they get them a Rolls Royce, they get them a nice home, they get them a white wife. Well, I made it, America's great, and the rest of them catching hell and he won't say nothing. But when one man of popularity can let the world know the problem, he, can, uh, he might lose a few dollars himself telling the truth, might lose his life. But he's helping millions. But if I kept my mouth shut just because I can make millions, and then this ain't doing nothing. So I just love the freedom and the flesh and blood of my people more so than I do the money. You can take it sure and play it right in Washington. Let Nixon hear it. <laughs> and I know there's only one Ali. <clears throat> Excuse me. I get that. But where are the Ali minions? There should be at least a thousand athletes that know that this is the impact that we need to change the direction of our community. We have a serious plight, <clears throat> and it's getting close to being a plague. Because when you have someone like Ali back in the 60s speaking clearly about how he feels, and he said, you can write that down and send it to Nixon. Yes, he was one of a kind, but he was also teaching us how to be brave and how to care about our people. Lady Future, let's clip it. We formed a group known as the Organization of Afro-American Unity. And the objective of this organization, it's non-religious, number one, any Negro can belong to it. And the objective of, the, of that organization is to uh, bring about a condition that will guarantee respect and recognition of the 22 million black Americans as human beings. We feel that the problem, number one, of the black man in America is beyond America's ability to solve. It's a human problem, not an American problem or a Negro problem. And as a human problem or a world problem, we feel that it should be taken out of the jurisdiction of the United States government and the United States courts 
and taken into the United Nations in the same manner that the problems of the black man in South Africa, Angola, and other parts of the world, and even the way they're trying to bring the problems of the Jews in Russia into the United Nations because of violation of human rights. We believe that our problem is one not a violation of civil rights, but a violation of human rights. Not only are we denied the right to be a citizen in the United States, we're denied the right to be a human being. Again, <clears throat> this is Malcolm X. And between Ali, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, the type of mindset they had in the 60s, you see why what happened to them happened. And so knowing what we know and we haven't evolved, that is a clear sign, and this is my favorite saying, that we've lost our cultural collectivity. Can you imagine MLK, Malcolm X joining forces, what it would have done for our community? And then the question I always have, why is it that there's so much hatred toward our community? And as he mentioned, 20 million, you know, Negroes, basically meaning African-American, but we're at 47 million, twice as many. So there's no excuse for where we are politically, family-wise, community-wise, and we don't have any corporations that are nationwide chains of anything. And at the end of the day, when we talk about business, we need to reach out and find people that run businesses. That's what creates jobs. And from the business, you create a corporation. With the corporation, now you're able to have people that are able to work and have jobs in terms of front of the house, um, other, let's pause. Then we create positions for accounts payable. We have secretaries. We now have managers. We now have area directors. We now have CEOs. So we have CTOs. So this is how we create jobs. And the only way that that's going to work is if we work collectively. And here's the collective. The further that we fall behind, or shall I say, the more decades that continue, the further we become very stagnant. And this cannot continue because the way the economy is going at this time, the way the inflation is going in this direction, when it comes time for jobs, and I guess I can speak more for California than anything else, we're going to be last hired and first fired. But I don't even know about the hired part. We'll be last hired, if hired at all. Lady Future, let's clip it. Difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life, longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. You know, this speech is a very, very powerful speech, and that's just part of the speech. But I've always had a more analytical approach to just about everything. That's part of who I am as a person. And when he mentioned, you know, the Lord allowed him to get to the mountain and to see the promised land. And he said he may not be able to get there with us. But my question, in a very positive way, so this is not about criticism. This is coming from a person that was one of his warriors. What did the promised land look like when he saw it? And that's my question. Because if he's saying back then he saw the promised land, for sure, 2023, this is not what he saw. Lady Future, let's clip it. And you today, Africa has the resources, the ability, and the people 
to grow into an economic superpower. It is the richest continent already in terms of natural resources. 30% of the world's cobalt, diamonds, gold and iron are in Africa. Africa also has huge wealth in oil. Nigeria produces more than 2.5 million barrels of oil per day. On the global market, one barrel is worth around $52. Nigeria's oil is worth a lot. Africa already has a booming pharmaceutical industry and huge progress is being made in fighting back against disease and infections in African countries. More and more African children are going back into school and are being provided with education and improving hygiene practices, which help with stopping the spread of disease. Africa is ideally located for global dominance in trade, with close training connections to Europe, the Middle East and Asia. The east coast of Africa has access to the Indian Ocean, which, with the ongoing rise of the Chinese and Indian economies, could become the new centre of global trade. And unlike many countries in the West, including Britain, Africa is not saddled with debt. The British debt is 87% of the British GDP, while the African debt is only 9% of their GDP. All but two countries in Africa could pay off their debt within one year. So the potential is already there, and the growth... You know, what's interesting about this is Africa is virtually self-sufficient. And hopefully you remember this clip, because I have a clip later on the show that I'll come back to this that proves or gives a reason why we have some of these challenges that exist. Lady Future, let's clip it. Let me address this right now. We already know the foolery that goes on on Fox. That's why I don't watch it. Because we know that they have a platform where they let people say anything. Disrespect any group of people. That's why I don't watch it. But this man got on Fox and said that the reason why those five officers unalive Tyree Nichols is because they was raised by single mothers single black mothers at that let me address this right now black men it's your fault that we were assaulted beat treated like trash disrespected spit on whipped and everything else during slavery it's your fault we bore children that we didn't want to bear with our masters because of you our ancestors suffered in slavery because of you. Because you wasn't strong. You didn't stand up to the aggressor. You didn't fight the master. You was weak-minded and you allowed us to go through trauma that we now carry on today. It's your fault. While black women go through what we go through today. Do you see how stupid that sound? Do you see how stupid that sound? Why would we put that burden on your back when we all was suffering back then? We all was trying to make it out. We all suffered some type of way. You guys were even abused and assaulted. We're not putting that burden on your back. We stood next to you. You guys want black women to do so much with kids, especially young boys. You want us to learn how to cut hair and take them to the barbershop. We got to learn every game or every sport and the men understand what we're cheering for. We got to help them understand their anatomy. We got to try to show them videos on how to put on a condom. We got to try to help them learn how to talk to women. We got to try to help them understand how to, you know, go outside and do stuff that men do in a masculine setting. Because we can't do it. We're not used to it. But y'all won't fight for rights to see your kids in court. You leave your kids, okay? You go with another woman, raise her kids more than you raise your own. You get with women who don't even like kids and take you out of your kids' life. You get with women that you know for a fact that you and your child's mother had a good understanding, but just because she's scared that you're sleeping with the baby mama, she messed up the whole relationship, but now the baby mama don't trust her kids around a new girlfriend and stores. And so instead of you trying to find out the root of the problem, you turn around and say, I just wait till my kid get older. Stop putting a blame on us about every goddamn thing. I mean, come on. Grow up. Although it's not comical, the only answer I have for this, the only comment, what she said. Lady Future, let's clip it. 
I started talking about Sexy Red and Sukiyana, I was already aware that that was going to release the River Rats, Booger Wolves, and Skittle Diddles on my page. I was already prepared for that. But nobody prepared me for the fatherless pre-pookies. Y'all didn't tell me that they was going to get let loose. These are young boys who not pookies yet, but the trajectory is showing that they're going to be a pookie just like they daddy who not around right now these are the products of the my son is my king mothers right that's who on my page the my son is my king is in my comment section the ones who mamas was dressing them up like the daddy who left those boys are in my comment section right now and they running wild they running around screaming out sexy red lyrics with their sassy little mouths these are the products of the boys who I talked about that stayed underneath their mama while she gossip all day with her homegirls. And now they some sassy mouth little pookies, right? And it's really scary because these are the little boys that these pookishas be messing around with. And they be thinking that they so hard and they so gangster mean while he got ADHD and anger problems. Like he got some unhealed trauma that he need to go talk to a psychiatrist about because he's somewhere fighting demons because he really truly don't even know if he like girls. Those are the boys that's in my comment section right now. I didn't realize that they was going to get let loose, but they definitely in my comment section loud and confused. Y'all didn't prepare me for them. I like what she's talking about. And, and the reason why I like a lot of the women's feedback and the women's perspective is because they're the ones that are fighting to keep the community together. They're the ones that are raising these children and families the best they can. But you're also hearing other type of men, other type of offspring, and the end result of an offspring that does not have a father figure or a male mentor in their lives. And she's just talking about the kids that are coming up, they're gonna be the pookies. What about the great-great-grandchildren? Because that old philosophy, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And right now, it's not looking real good. So it is upon the African-American man to take the reins, come back to the community, build the community, come back to the family, so even if you don't really want to get involved in the community, we can solve this with just being back in the family. Take care of your kids. And one of the key things that I hear over and over, they're talking about the males, but also the females are starting to follow suit. And that's not good. Lady Future, let's clip it. One, the value of enslaved people in the United States was between 3.5 and $4 billion. Enslaved people were the single largest asset in the U.S. economy, worth more than every manufacturing and interest and railroad combined. How did that happen? We went from 1619, where 20 and odd enslaved people were brought to Virginia, and by 1788, when the Constitution was signed, we were at almost 700,000 enslaved people. That's how we were harvesting 1.5 million pounds of cotton every year, not to say anything of the tobacco, the sugar, and the rice. And the economy went from reliance on the transatlantic slave trade, which the Constitution kept open until 1808, we went from there to reliance on the domestic slave trade. That means breeding black women to have children to continue America's production of cotton, tobacco, sugar, and rice. And of course, it wasn't just the products, it was the institutions and the industries that they drove. Katrina Brown has done an excellent documentary called Traces of the Trade, and she makes a very important point. Yes, America was enriched in huge amounts by the institution of slavery, but for those who came after slavery saying, I had no part in that, understand the vast immigration to the United States was for a reason because there were jobs and there were jobs because our economy was booming and our economy was booming because it had been built on unpaid labor this is the story of how America got rich and if you follow the money 
this is where it's going to lead you. This was some very good research. This was a little bit of history, and I thought I'd share this on the show. Um, so I appreciate that clip. Lady Future, let's clip it. Abernathy and Jesse Jackson can wrestle from here to, to, to uh, Los Angeles. They're still not dealing with power. Black people are powerless. They've been put outside of the whole white power structure. And all the organizations, the NAACP, Urban League, SCLC, National Council, Negro Women, all of them are talking as though black people have power. Black people don't have any power. Unless we can begin to build black institutions and realize that we're dealing with a power struggle for survival, all these organizations are leading us straight to hell and genocide. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Abernathy ought to understand it couldn't be a power struggle because neither one of them have any power. NAACP has no power. Urban League has no power. No black organization, no black people in America have power. They're fighting for survival from a powerless position, flat on their back, begging white folks. And that's, that was almost uh, the tenor of the Muslim position. They were begging white folks, please, Please sell us some land, give us some land, let us exist. White folks are good. That's a self-hate kind of thing that black folks find themselves degenerating into because black people have no power and they have to beg white folks to give them whatever they want. Now, I say black people and black Christian nationalism says we have to approach the whole problem in terms of power. Black people have to begin to build institutions. Every institution that exists belongs to white people, was built by white people, and serves the interests of white people. And for black organizational leaders to be sitting there talking as though they... Black people don't have... Again, you'll find many of us seeing the same thing, have the same outlet, excuse me, outlook, but what is the challenge? I always say the cultural collectivity solves everything, but if it's in you naturally, these type of clips and these type of conversations don't exist when you have cultural collectivity. Lady Future, let's clip it. Talk about black men being in the home and being effective fathers if we don't have help black men address the economic crisis that they face. The reason South Africa's jails are filled with black men America's jails are filled with black men. Jamaica's jails, Haiti's jails, Brazil's jails are filled with black men. Is because they have to break the law in order to take care of their family. So the economy is largely responsible for the disintegration of the traditional black family. The, a, a, a man's job is to protect and to provide. What are we doing to help them provide? I just heard yesterday that we got young black men in South Africa, university degree, graduate degree, yeah. medical degree, can't get a job. 100%. Why would I want to build a family that I'm not able to take care of? The reason we don't see more black women get married is because men don't feel confident that they'll be able to care for that woman and child. We have to look at the self-esteem of a man, the self-image of a man. Why is suicide so high for black men in South Africa? So high for black men in the United States? Because so many of us are being crushed by lack of economic opportunity. The stress of not being able to fulfill our God-given responsibilities as a man that we just take our own lives. So empowering manhood goes hand in hand with economic empowerment. Number two, women are being empowered while men are being disempowered. Yeah. Feminism is coming in to convince black women that the reason you make more money than your counterpart is because he's a lazy, shiftless, worthless Negro. They're not telling our black women that South African society deliberately empowers the woman and deliberately disempowers the man. By the way, they do it all over the African world. Why? Women are not military threats to the white power structure. Men are. So they don't care how many black women become doctors and lawyers and politicians and leaders. They don't typically fear women militaristically. They fear the men. That's why they cater to the woman, hoping she ignores our condition. What we need is black men to stand by black women and black women to stand by black men. Because even though the black woman might make more money, even though the black woman may have more income or better education, she still suffers as much as we do. 
And I think sometimes black men overlook the unique challenges of black women because their education and income is blinding us from the fact she's the most likely to be sexually assaulted. She still has to deal with racism on the job, sexual abuse from her white employer. Black women struggle as much as we do. So it's not about the oppression Olympics. Who suffers more? Who's more responsible for whose demise? Black men and black women need to stand together and fight as a unit, not individuals. When it comes to it's one of those uh, clips where you either say checkmate or drop the mic or what he said. And I'm going to go with what he said. Lady Future, let's clip it. I want to say to all my young athletes, male and female, um, but to expand the scope a little bit, I'll just say to my young folk in general, and this message is for kids, what I like to consider that has guidance in their life. If you a kid that got your mom and your dad in your life, or you live under the same roof as your mom and your dad, you a kid, in my opinion, with guidance. If you a kid that just have your mom in your life, but she's there for you every step of the way and she involved in your day-to-day -day activities, you a kid that has guidance. If you got your dad in your life or you live with your dad and he's there for you every step of the way, you a kid that has guidance. Or if you got a guardian in your life that's Overly there for you every step of the way. You a kid that has guidance. My message to you is stop wanting to do what kids with no guidance is doing. Stop wanting to hang where they hang. Stop wanting to dress how they dress. Stop wanting to listen to what they listening to. Stop wanting to do everything that kids with no guidance do. Because you got guidance. Do what kids with guidance do. And stop being treated by doing the things that kids with no guidance is doing. If you go talk to a kid with no guidance and ask them in a perfect world if they would want the guidance that you have. If they got any common sense, 99.9% .9 of them would tell you yes. But you a kid that got guidance and for the life of me, so many of y'all are in a constant fight every day. To do and become everything that the kids with no guidance is doing. I know they make it, make it look cool. I know they make leave the things for the kids for no with no guidance. Leave that to them. Let let them let them do that. And it ain't no shot at the kids with no guidance because they just playing the card the hand that they was dealt. But if you got guidance in your life, stop wanting to do, be, hang, dress, talk like the kids who got no guidance. You got guidance. Do what kids with guidance do. Quick message, man. Um, I want to say to all my young athletes, male and female. You know, as, as time goes on, many of us are feeling and seeing our conditions in our community. We're seeing a crisis, and it's almost an epidemic. And... I don't care how you want to look at it. We can view it as cancer. But when you have cancer, they have what they call stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. But either way, when someone tells you you got cancer, that's not something that you want to hear. And that's the human body, let alone a nation of people, a nation of great people. So I say this to say, think about it, continue to want to encourage our African-American men to go the right direction, back to the family, back to the community. It's real simple. Lady Future, let's clip it. Now, you know, I recorded this clip simply because they're serious. Now, who are they talking about? Number one, they said 75 million. Okay. So that's the same people that voted for Trump in the last election. But why say most of us are NARA card carriers? Now, some people say that's a dog whistle. And to me, that's a clear dog whistle. You can look at it that way. Or are you trying to intimidate? And who are you trying to intimidate? The liberals? 
the black folks, I mean, who, who are you trying to intimidate? But that's clearly a voice and a comment and a statement of intimidation. Lady Future, let's clip it. My grandfather walked 10 miles to work every day. My father walked five. I'm driving a Cadillac. My son is in a Mercedes. Said my grandson will be in a Ferrari. But he said my great-grandson will be walking again. So I asked him, I said, well, why is that? And he said to me, tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create tough times. He said to me, many will not understand, but you have to raise warriors. You know, I love this clip simply because it's a lot of fact in that comment. And I mean, it's amazing. But I think we're in the weak times. And weak times create hard times. And if the cycle is true, we'll be okay. But will it be in 2035? Will it be in 2045? Will it be in 2055? But let's be clear. These years are coming. Because it was just 2020. Well, it's already 2023, and we're in September. So that leaves, what, October, November, December? Then it's 2024. And based on many of us that are trying to make things happen, it'll be 2025 before you know it. And will we still have the same condition where there'll be a movement of change? I don't know, but I surely encourage it. Lady Future, let's clip it. Slaves in 19, I mean 1863, through the Emancipation Proclamation of Abraham Lincoln, but gave the slaves no land or nothing in reality, and as a matter of fact, to, to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from Europe an economic base and yet it refused to give its black peasants from Africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years any kind of economic base. And so emancipation for the Negro was really freedom to hunger. It was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven. It was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate, and therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time. See, again, Brother Martin Luther King was really, really heavy brother. Now, he mentioned something similar in the early clip early on in the show, but he was able to articulate another view. And you know, society, or should I say Europeans, cannot stand an articulate, intelligent, common-sense black man or African-American man. And since we know that, there's no reason why we should associate with any other ethnic group other than our own. But the only reason why we don't is because we're shortfall with cultural collectivity, or as my colleague says, they raising their hand for permission. Because I just don't know how to think for myself. Lady Future, let's clip it. I almost got into a fight today. Pure pressure, mother. I get him. I get him. I almost got in them. But something told me, no, you get up out of there. And that's what I did. I got the cup out of I didn't tell my homeboy was sitting there. I ain't tell him nothing. I ain't tell my girl was sitting there. I ain't tell him nothing. I got in my car and stunked it and put on church music. That's what I did. I got up out of there. And I know what some of y'all saying now. Oh, Dub, you should have got out there and fight. Look, I ain't won my last 20 fight. What make y'all think I was going to win this one? I knew I was going to lose. I knew it. So I got up out of there. I tell y'all what. Yeah, you get scary. I tell you what. My scary ass a lie. I'm right here today to talk about it. I tell you that much. I'm not, I ain't got no enough pride, enough ego to, 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 to not run. I'm going to run. But I'm still here. I can go to work tomorrow. I tell you what. I can go down there, Mr. Fries, and give me something to eat. I tell you that. I can't do that if I'm dead, can't I? No, I can't. It's okay to run sometimes. It's okay. I had to throw a little humor in there. You know, it did tickle me. 
But with that humor, there's a whole lot of truth. And maybe many of us should have that same philosophy or or share that same vision. Lady Future, let's clip it. Debt, cut the check, or no reparations, no vote, 2024. If you are running for office, do not think you are going to win your election if you don't have a concrete plan for reparations. Biden, do not seek a second term unless it's accompanied by an executive order for reparations for descendants of American chattel slavery. So now this is a threat to the current sitting president, the man that they put in office um, to say, if you don't make this a nationwide executive order, you don't get back in the White House. I mean, this is this is really this is over the top. And then Lady Future, continue with this next clip. The election for America is next year. The next presidential election for South Africa is next year. Yeah. I would wish all my South African brothers and sisters, just like all my American African brothers and sisters, don't vote for either party. Show them your power. If nobody shows up to vote in the next election, whoever loses will recognize how much they lost out on not catering to the grassroots black vote. And as a result of that, the next election in 2028, they'll be eating out of your hands. The same thing in America. Don't give the Democrat your vote. Show them that you will no longer be taken advantage of. Yeah, you may have to deal with a Republican president for four years, but guess what? The Democrats haven't been no walk in the park either. Show the Democrats that if you don't deliver on the things that matter to us, not to the Chinese, not to the immigrants, not to the homosexuals, to black people, show us that we matter and we will return the vote to you. I think that's crystal clear. And, you know, there are many of us that think, oh, no, continue to vote Democrat no matter what. But again, as he mentioned, and a lot of us know that many of us say vote for the lesser of the two evils. Well, at the end of the day, there is two evils. And as my dad would say, two wrongs don't make a right. So why wouldn't we try to take a chance? Or why wouldn't we take the view of getting their attention, the power of the African-American vote? Because I can assure you, the Republicans are going after the Hispanic vote. And they are a larger group of individuals that they would need. Because I I think they pretty much feel African-American is a guaranteed Democrat. Lady Future, let's clip it. Well, I do not even use the term African-American. I use the term Africans because that's what we are. We are Africans in America. There's nothing American about us. Our history has only been a history of struggle in America. We are the only ethnic group in America who have to shed our blood to make reform. To get the vote, we must shed our blood. To get our children to school, we must shed our blood. To get on a bus and sit where we want, we must shed our blood. To even get in a filthy five and ten cent store, we must shed our blood. So I don't see how we could be American. We're Africans in America struggling against American capitalism. And only until it's destroyed will we enjoy the rights that everyone else is speaking of. Um, I think he called it. There's nothing else to say. He knows exactly what he's talking about because he lived in America. And for many of us to try to say, oh, no, we're not African-American. Yeah, you are. You're from Africa. But I like the way he says it, living in America. Lady Future, let's clip it. Wonder how Dubai became a very big, famous and rich um, city. You see, if you're if you're comparing with Nigeria, listen to this. Nigeria has oil before than Dubai. It's a history. They are more rich than us. They have agriculture. They have mining. They have everything. You name it, they have it. Am I right or wrong? When you have a true leadership, which we have, we have nothing, but we have everything because we have the right leadership. That's the only thing you need, a right leader for your country, not corruption. That's what brings your country at the top. You don't need anything. We don't have even water. We don't have agriculture. We don't have mining. So again, going back to the comment of the young African kid talking about the economics, that is the struggle that we have in the United States as African-Americans And that same culture and philosophy exists in Africa. It's our leadership. When you only look for yourself to gain the money, like Wall Street, Goldman and Sachs, we're never 
going to be able to be at the top of the food chain as we should be. But many of us can see that, and many of us see it clearly. Again, the challenge is, why aren't we working together, collectively building our communities? You don't even have to worry about what the white man does. Just follow what the Hispanics do and follow what the Asians do. That's all. Lady Future, let's clip it. Hey guys, Prison Doctor. On my way to Chicago to deal with a 16-year-old girl who is completely out of control. The mother says this child comes in at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, either high or drunk. She's bringing boys in and out the house. She's having sex everywhere. Um, the mother says this girl is stealing her credit cards, um, taking money out of her purse in the middle of the night. Um, lost complete control of this child and is desperate for help. The mother even asked me, can I take her away and just lock her up or put her in some kind of an institution? She's just tired of the abuse. Um, but again, this is all across the nation and it's getting worse and worse. I've been doing this for a long time, guys. And I'm telling you that there is something that is going awfully wrong with the laws in this country. Parents have no control. They have no resources. They have no help. Therapists are not helping. Police officers are not helping. And these parents feel helpless. Now, if you listen closely to every word the gentleman said, he said the mother. He didn't say the father that has a disability and is unable to discipline and a, unable to show leadership. And then the daughter. And as I had mentioned earlier in the show, we focus a lot on the African-American male. But the daughter is having this issue. And different boys coming in and out. Those are the boys that we're talking about. And there's no way that she's not going to be pregnant within a couple of years. And then here's the challenge. Will she really know who the father is? So again, this is, this is a black man problem. When you abandon the community, this is the result of abandonment. Lady Future, let's clip it. What's up, dude? Uh, I ain't want to hit your ring and wake you up, get you out your sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? While I'm running around dropping your daughter off at school and shit. Um, I noticed that you made a post on your page. Your baby going back to school, first day, and all this type of shit. And you ain't, like, gave no money on no school supplies, school clothes in the last six years. I've been doing all that. So I kind of took it as offensive when you posted, as if you be doing something or even in her life like that. Um, And then, by the way, you don't got, like, Zelle uh, cash app or nothing like that. You could like, just shoot me a couple dollars for all the shit I've been doing. You know, I'm not asking for you to reimburse. I'm just asking for you to... Just do something. You know what I'm saying? The kindness of your heart. <laughs> yeah. And I usually don't even do this type. Like, I wouldn't. You know, your baby mom didn't want me to come doing this shit. I don't do this. It's out my character. But I seen that you was playing a different character <laughs> on the gram. Being somebody that you, I don't know who you was or whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, take the post down. That's kind of like offensive a little bit to me. Um, and then you posted that she was in the eighth grade. Your baby going to the eighth grade. She going to the tenth duty. <laughs> you hear me? She's going to the 10th grade. You behind Deuce. Uh, yeah, just uh, whenever you get a chance, delete the post. Because um, people see me posting and they see you posting. And they say, you saying 8th, I'm saying 10th. They don't know how old she is, so I know. So uh, when you get a chance, don't take the post down. And uh, yeah, cash at me as hell whenever you get a chance. It ain't no rush, you know what I'm saying? We'll wait another six for it. <laughs> but take it down, though. You know, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm, the, I'm like the daddy right now. So just, uh, you know. Whatever you do, continue doing you and just stop deleting it. Stop posting it and shit like that. Delete it for me, okay? Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, I don't even know what to call you because I'm daddy, stepdaddy. So we can just donor, donor. Thanks a lot, donor. All right, take it out, buddy. No, you know, that was funny to me, you know, when I saw it. But, you know, a lot of times comedians and when people run the dozens, they're really talking about the truth. And that brother did a very, very good job of a father that's non-existent in a daughter's life but someone did pick up the baton lady future let's clip it ghetto nobody rich in the ghetto if we was rich we wouldn't be here i ain't gonna be out here every day out here gangbanging man after i graduate from high school i'm going somewhere i ain't gonna be out here every day there ain't shit out here but pain fuck this shit if i had a chance to start over i wouldn't i wouldn't turn down that wrong path i try to go the right way get my education, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be here today, but I'd be in, 
I'd be in the right mind. I wouldn't be gang banging. I go to the school right here. I, right now, I do not miss school a day. You know what I'm saying? Because I gotta have that education, man. Because the white man is not gonna let you do shit. A high school diploma ain't nothing no more. You got a master in something. See, nobody told us. They let us grow up to gang bang. It's too late now. I ain't saying it too late, but we gotta tell the next generation before they grow up and be like us. It ain't, it ain't even it. These are young boys, and they can see the writing on the wall. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. So if we have all of these individuals to see what we need to do, what's missing is the cultural collectivity because you do these things naturally. You know, it's like when you get ready to go to work. You know, you brush your teeth, right? Well, you brush your teeth naturally. You know, you wash under your arms, you know, armpits, take a shower. You know, you shave. These are things that you do naturally because it's a part of the culture that you need to have when you go into the job. You can't go into the job smelling like you've been drinking all night. You can't go into the job with horrible hygiene. So there's a culture that exists. Lady Future, let's clip it. I'm Celine from Connect Auto in Santa Maria. Our team lives in Santa Maria like you do. We're from some countries your family may come from. Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, Colombia. Connect Auto is your place. We're here for you. We have the cars you want, the financing you want, and the protection you want. Buy or sell with confidence at Connect Auto in Santa Maria. Now, the reason why I played this, and I recorded, I was watching TV, watching CNN, and this commercial came on. This Hispanic lady has no qualms about advertising for a certain ethnic group to come to them. Why? Because they have cultural collectivity. They were clear about all the different Hispanic countries that some of their clientele may come from. They told them they have the financing, the insurance for them, and what they need. Now, if this exists in 2023, why isn't that part of our culture since 1963. Lady Future, let's clip it. F. Smith. Robert F. Smith is the wealthiest black man in American history. He's alive right now. Guess how he built this wealth? Guess what industry? Not entertainment, not music, in the software world. His company holds a little over $100 billion in assets. He basically owns a company called Vista. All his company do is buy software companies. He got 85 software companies, 95,000 employees all across the world. So y'all heard of Morehouse before? He spoke at the Morehouse, um, you know, when they graduate, they have like speakers come through, what they call a commencement service. 400 students graduating. He was like, you know what I'm gonna do? He was like, I'm gonna pay off everybody's student loans. It's a black dude. Dang. He was like, I'm gonna pay off all y'all student loans. I'm gonna tell y'all what's crazier though. He also told them, not only am I gonna pay off y'all student loans, every last Thursday of the month, I'm gonna do a Zoom call with y'all. Get on, ask me questions, I'm gonna bring on special guests. I got access. 400 students. Guess how many get on the Zoom call? He said 40 to 80 on average. Richest black person in the country. 40 to 80 people get on. On average. And this is one day out of every month, right? Yeah. What does that show you? They don't care, they don't want it, ungrateful, work ethic, mindset. I think all that's true. And most people don't value opportunity. And oftentimes, if it's free, you value it even less. You know, if he paid for my graduation, my student loans, and all he asked me to do is be on a Zoom call the last Thursday of every month, I would be there asking him, does he want my apple? What type of apples would he like? Now, the other thing that he asked was that you come back and go to your community and create a positive resource to your community that was the other thing that he asked for so these are some challenges that we face and i'm sure he's pretty much talking to black men i don't know that he's talking to black women because i would put my money on it that the 80 that do come i would say 95 percent of them are women so again thank you for the time that you allowed me to express myself in terms of creating a positive image for our African-American men, you can reach me and the show on Spotify, we're on Pandora, we're on iHeart, and Google Play. The show is every 
other week, the second Sunday and the fourth Sunday. And again, thank you for your time and see you in two weeks. Goodbye.